Gary, good morning. Good morning, Jacob. Good morning, Wowie. Um, I saw the win last year as well, when they beat Collingwood, the West Coast. I only saw West Coast two wins. They beat Essendon and Ogre in Perth as well, so maybe I should keep uh, watching them. But, um, yeah, it's been uh, a good start to the season, and the Bombers, yeah, it was great to see them live and have a good win. Can I just go back to last year? If you were there... How did West Coast beat Collingwood? Because the Eagles had all sorts of injuries that day and, and illness, the COVID situation was still around. How did West Coast beat Collingwood last year, Gary? Because we've seen the, I, the, the way I that both know. teams have gone on since. Amazing. I don't know. It was, as you said, uh, they had plenty of their... You know, they had still had the, um, the COVID overhang and they had a few injuries. It was an amazing... They just, I think they just kept themselves in the game for long enough. And that's what actually... Ross Lyons teams have done over a, a, a long history. They just keep themselves in the game and they're able to, to win the game in the last quarter. Probably that was what happened and maybe Collingwood had an off day. It was only early in the season too. So, um, yeah, but, uh, both, both sides have gone in the opposite direction since, obviously. Gaz, you love your Bombers. Uh, Brad Scott's first one on the weekend. What impressed you the most? I just think... Uh, there seemed to be, and they've talked about it, and we've, I've talked about it probably with you uh, in private conversations, that we just haven't defended well enough for, for 10 years. And um, just the individuals and a team, they just looked like they had something in that area. And, and it wasn't perfect. There were times, I think, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist, they had eight goals, uh, sorry, five goals at uh, half-time, Hawthorne, and I reckon three of them were avoidable because of defensive lapses, but... Yeah, that was the key thing. There, there was, a, and especially in the second half too, it, it lifted again, and you had blokes that were all over Hawthorne, and every time Hawthorne got the footy, they sent the pressure. So we were able to turn the ball over, and that was the most pleasing part. So if that's a sign of things to come, I don't think Essendon are going to be world beaters this year, but if that's a sign of things to come, that's uh, really good and gives hope to the Essendon faithful. Was it a good sign for the footy club to? have Zach Merritt as their skipper? Uh, I think so. I, I, look, I'm, I'm not um, involved with the internal um, politics and the internal uh, way individual players go about it. Um, so he was as good as any, I think. And mm. if, that, if that helps him grow into his footy and be a better player than he has been, uh, I think it's a, a plus. Uh, and I, there were really positive sides on the weekend too. He got tagged in the first half. Um and he just kept running, wasn't having much of an influence on the game, but he was working hard and he got the reward in the second half when they dropped the tag and he was able to, to get a hold of the footy. So, and yeah, and he, he um, made a couple of key um, defensive tackles that, that turned the ball over as well. So it's a good sign. I think, look, I think they've got inexperienced leaders. They've, they've got guys that have been around a while, but they may be inexperienced at leading and um, and maybe haven't had the the, um, the the leaders above them, the older players that have been able to bring them through that have had a dearth of leadership uh, over over the journey or recently. So yeah, look, I think he was as good a pick as any and uh, his first impressions um, round one have been great. Tell you what, it was a uh... It was an interesting lead-up to round one, wasn't it, for Essendon? Peter Wright re-signed with the club on Friday for four years and then dislocated his shoulder at training. He missed round one. He'll miss a decent chunk of the year. But Sam Wiedemann, who's come over from Melbourne, gets a chance to shine in his absence. And the early signs were pretty good. A guy's looking for opportunity and took it early on. Yeah, 
Yeah, he did. Um, he took a couple of nice grabs within you know, pack situation. Um, look, he's got a lot of improvement to go. And look, if he was a success at Melbourne, he still would have been there. But I think, yeah, there's, there's a spot for him at Essendon there to take, there for the, for the grabbing and really take a hold of the game. And you know, hopefully, a lot of players, you know, they go to their second club and they, they sprout. They um, really blossom and hopefully he's one of them. Again, it was good signs for him. He's, the pressure's going to be on, though, with you know, Peter Wright being out for at least half a season by the sound of things. And, but, yeah, I, I was impressed by him. And he's in the old number 10 as well. Mm. So uh, Good number. Good to see number 10 kicking a couple of goals <laughs> as well. That was, that was heartening. Uh, we're chatting to uh, Gary O'Donnell, former Essendon Premiership player and captain of the club. The Bombers had a great first-up win over the Hawks under new coach uh, Brad Scott. Uh, Nick Martin, I reckon we spoke to you about him last year on the show, Gary, and um, what he's been able to do. Uh, from Subiaco, uh, over here in the WAFL, he kicked five goals on Boo last year, and if the early signs are anything to go by in his second year, looks like you've got a long-term player there. We have. But he's come on again, I think. And uh, look, he's got a real, really, and a lot of players haven't got it. He, under pressure and with, Opposition around him, he can pick out targets and hit them. So that that's a really big skill and a really big advantage for your team if you've got you know, a few of those guys that just under pressure can pick it, get a target, and we keep the ball rather than just throwing it on their boot. So he's it's an incredible story for him. You know, year two and he's able to do that. Albeit he was a little bit older, he wasn't coming in as an eighteen-year-old, but um, he's a, one of Adrian Dodoro's success stories. Great win first up, Gaz, by the club. Um, but ideally, off-field, they'd like to be a little bit more settled. There's a fair bit going on around the administration debacle at the moment internally. Uh, there is. Um, you've got to temper it a little bit. And uh, Look, obviously, things aren't in, entirely uh, settled, but uh, I know as much as you about the internal yeah. workings and relationships, but you've got to sort of temper it or, or balance it up with some of these media outlets that outlets that really go hard at times to, to get stories as well. But, um, yeah, I, I think everything the club has done so far in the last day was uh, appointing Brad Scott. Since then, they've got uh, most of the appointments right. So if there is a little bit of internal um, levelling still to go, well, so be it. But um, it didn't affect the, the 23 players that went out there on the weekend. Gary, um, Brad Scott, I mean, he comes with a fair bit of pedigree. Uh, he had some success at North Melbourne without winning a premiership. Uh, is he the right man to coach Essendon, do you think, that hard-nosed edge that maybe was lacking last year? Because last year was a very frustrating year under Ben Rutten. Uh, definitely. Um, and the club's got to looking, keep looking forward. I think Ben Rutten did some good things when he was at Essendon, too. I was impressed in some of the things he did. But, yeah, if we look forward, and I don't think he could get a better bloke because this guy's got a little bit of um, SH1T in him and uh, he won't take a backward step. He'll tell the players when it's time to tell the players as well. But he also defended the footy club when people come at us. So I'm really impressed by him. Um, I coached him in my first year at Brisbane, uh, the Scott Boys, and um, hopefully he has the success that Chris does and every red and black supporter will be um, well happy with that Gary you're in the podcast world now have been for a little while who's your latest recruit coming on to uh, um, interview 
Well, we had Richard Osborne as our last one, uh, ex-Fitzroy, uh, Collingwood, Bulldogs, Swans. He was he had more clubs than Greg Norman, this bloke. But, uh, <laughs> and that was a wonderful talk. But we're not just going sports people. We've had people in the entertainment world, just the rank and file of society where the uh, podcast is called Some Elbow Room. And it's designed to exactly that, to give people uh, the chance to, to talk about their lives and, and what they've done um, um, coming through and, and what lessons we can learn from everyone. So uh, it's another guy, uh, Darren Payne, who played games with Fitzroy back in the day in 1992-93, and uh, a guy called David Mancaro, who uh, we're all mates over there from the Wembley Footy Club, the Veterans Club, and uh, yeah, we've, we've probably eight, nine episodes. Our next one comes out uh, Thursday. Uh, we're going to have to get you on, Wally, as well. Yes. The story of Woe Decent. Woe Decent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for our listeners, Gary and I were recruited together and delisted together at the Brisbane Lions and a six-year journey and shared an office um, over there. A wonderful time. And, uh, yeah, certainly, Gary, I'm happy to come on and, and help you out. That'd be great. So they, can I tell the story about Woe Decent? You can. I can. So there was a game, the story goes, there was a game and they're standing up and going, you're in the opposition, I don't know who, uh, well, he was playing for, Collingwood or Melbourne, and in the opposition, they're yeah, standing up going, whoa, 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 you are whoa, woeful. <laughs> you know, he did some good things that day and uh, by the end of the day, they'll go, no, you are whoa, Jesus. <laughs> so he's been called whoa, decent ever since. Ever since. Hey, uh, do you, I know you're a busy man and the podcast sounds terrific, Gary. I'll, I'll check it out for myself. But do you miss the day-to-day hustle and bustle of being in, in, in the footy world, in coaching or in various roles? Uh, I do and I don't. I, yeah, it's a wonderful world to be in, but it's yeah, pretty cutthroat and there's, a, there's high pressure at different times. Um, there's some, you have some good time off at times, but you have you know, some really uh, long hours during the season that I've enjoyed my now what six years out seven years out I enjoy my weekends I watch a lot of footy but I just like the uh, the siren goes at the end of a match and it's all over there's no work to do and um, Gary loved his coding I've enjoyed that Gary loved his coding no you're (laughs) an editing expert Gary back in the day cutting up all the little clips to play on a Monday yeah but a perfectionist so it took me so long but uh, yeah ease up Gary just relax and that's what, he, that's what I've done on a weekend in the footy season for the last six years. One of the, the great things about our great game, Gary, is the father-son rule, and now we've got the father-daughter rule in the AFLW, which is brilliant as well. But to see Alwyn Davey Jr. run around for Essendon on the weekend, and there was a great split screen that um, Essendon's media department released last night of the old head tilt from Alwyn Davey Jr. as a youngster in the rooms and then kicking a goal on the MCG. What a, what a wonderful family legacy now at the Bombers. It's amazing, and hopefully, you know, both of the, the the twins can come through and and play together for a long time. But wasn't that amazing? That that old vision of him in the rooms that was just uncanny. So uh, hopefully, there's plenty more. Hopefully, they've got plenty more vision as a youngster that they can um, like assimilate or compare to some of the things he does uh, in these coming years. But it's exciting time for the footy club with the. Uh, with father-sons coming through, and hopefully there's a few more on the way in the next few years. He uh, he did a few good things, so when David Jr., didn't he? In the game, he kicked a goal, but his defensive pressure, which was his father and his uncle's hallmark, uh, was terrific. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed 
the people watching the game noticed on television. But yeah, that was I was impressed with him. So he didn't get a lot of the footy. Um, he got probably three or four chances to kick a goal and, and fluff the first couple. But yeah, he, he was constantly his little busy bee. He was constantly going to the next contest where Melbourne, uh, sorry, where um, Hawthorne had it, actually to, to put to put pressure on until the ball had gone out of the area. And a lot of the times it was going out high, so it gave out. Our, the blokes in the middle of the ground the chance to get it back so that was that was exciting for us Late in the game we got to see Anthony McDonald tipping Woody return to the AFL field he was a sub, he came on in the last quarter and he kicked a goal within uh, about a minute or two of being on the ground and, and that seemed to be probably the moment of the day Gary, being there the crowd were up, were up uh, in one uh, as one when that moment occurred He's just a nice bloke too it's, it's, he retired too early so it's good to see him back I think he'd, he'd even agree too that he's got a lot of work to do. He's probably looking, you know, closer to what I look like these days than what he would like to look like at, look like at his peak. But certainly, if he can just uh, keep you know, going, moving forward, getting a little bit fitter, being able to play the full games, he's going to be a, a valued, valuable addition as the years goes as the year goes on. Bit modest there, Gary. You are an elite condition. Oh an no, elite you haven't runner. seen me lately. Shane, you haven't seen me lately. <laughs> <laughs> Had a good summer. <laughs> Had a good summer, yeah. And I'm a good winter so far as well. <laughs> hey, Gary, you mentioned you're, um, you're at the Eagles game as well on Saturday against North Melbourne. The Roos, good first up win, but for the Eagles, it could be a very tough year ahead. It's looking that way, isn't it? The, I think they're just sort of the same sort of team at the moment. Uh, maybe it's just yeah, for, from an Eagles supporter view you hopefully it was an aberration but they just look a little bit plain and and pedestrian in their mids I reckon you know, and some of those blokes are good players but they just they're all the same they and they're they they plot a bit they, they haven't really got some real zip that um the, the bloke that impressed me in the other team Sheasel he was the one that had the zip you know he'd get it and go king right it's, it's not really a a bloke in the West Coast team that can do that, and, and um, especially their mid. So they've got to find a, a balance and find some some kids coming through that can can run fast and pressure the opposition when they've got the footy. Where do where do Essendon finish and where do West Coast finish, Garen? We make snap judgments on teams in the modern era. Where do those two teams finish? Do you think? Uh, look, too early to tell. Um, I think they both finish in the bottom eight. Um, but depending on how things go, uh, round one you can't just can't judge it. They don't hand out the cup in in the first couple of games. But you know, depending on how they go and you know, the injuries, etc., you, know, you might find Essendon just outside the eight and, and West Coast, you know, maybe not far behind them. But you know, who knows? It's too early to tell. But I, I think watching some of the games, you know, and some of the top teams, you know, the Geelong Collingwood game. You know, that sort of game is far and above you know, the Essendon and, and the West Coast game that I saw on the weekend. Uh, you know, just the, the pace, the talent, um, the team cohesion in those two teams, for example, uh, were far above Essendon and West Coast. But yeah, you never know. You'd, Essendon had a terrible start last year. They haven't got a bad draw the first four games. If you happen to win three or four, then you get a bit of confidence and then the hard run of five or six games after that, you might pinch two or three of them and then all of a sudden they're in the mix. So you never know what's going to happen. You just hopefully you keep seeing improvement from those two teams. 
Good news is with Gather Round in Adelaide this year, there's an extra round. So there's 23 games to make an impact rather than 22. Gary, thanks for your time this morning, uh, particularly from over there in, in the east, and we appreciate your time, and nice to chat as always. Gentlemen, all the best. See you, That's Gary O'Donnell joining us here on uh-huh. Sport FM.